What's up, everyone? Knuckleheads MMA Podcast for UFC Fight Night Busan, South Korea. It's Frankie Edgar versus the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung. I'm Tim. I'm here again with Lee. We're talking fucking Lee. What's up, everybody? What's up? Uh, we're coming off of uh, big UFC 245. Uh Lots of crazy fights, uh, undercard to main card, some maybe unexpected results in the main card. Uh, we'll get into all of that, but first we want to talk about uh, just what we learned from UFC 245. So, uh, what did you learn, Lee? Well, I learned that Jeff Neal is a real contender, and Mike Perry is not. Uh, and I learned that Uriah Faber is 40. And <laughs> Peter Yan is 26. Uh, Faber is still a hell of a fighter, especially at 40. But he only landed 18 strikes in a little over two rounds. Uh, Yan looked faster, stronger, and better. Uh, he's 26, and Faber's 40. Well, what I learned next, playing off of that, is that Uriah Faber has absolutely nothing left to prove after that gutsy, unreal performance. I mean... Yeah, he's 40. Nothing left to prove. The guy's a legend. Hang it up. Yeah. Uh, and I also learned that a broken jaw doesn't stop Colby Covington from fighting. <laughs> oh, I thought or you were from say talking. talking. Yeah, 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 <laughs> That's yeah. what I was going to say. That's the second part. From, yeah. from fighting or from talking. Uh, he's pissed that the fight was stopped, and uh, he's letting people know. Especially Mark Goddard. Uh, All right. Did you learn anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the final thing, I'm going to sort of cheat here. It's things, but what I learned is that I was completely wrong about Jose Aldo's weight loss. I thought he was looked like Baby Yoda, and he actually performed like Baby Yoda because he had all these magical powers. He looked great. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was completely wrong about Colby Covington versus Usman, uh, thinking it would be a, a MMA wrestling match, which we'll get into in a little bit. Right. Uh, basically, I learned that I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the show thanks for listening everybody. yeah thanks for listening everybody we lost all of our credibility Good. thanks for hanging thanks for hanging with us no just kidding yeah uh so that's what we learned uh at ufc 245 yes so uh based on that ufc 245 huge card uh, it's always hard to talk about a card that follows it you know uh which we'll get into yeah. in a little bit but let's talk a little bit about UFC 245, we could probably spend two hours on, but we're just going to focus on the three title fights. First of all, sure. up till East Coast time, uh, just about two in the morning, literally, I think I texted you, I'm like, we've been watching MMA for like seven hours straight. Yeah. It was gl- it was glorious. I love it. I love it. <laughs> like, I literally barely moved my ass off the couch um, when they replayed the Chase Hooper fight. Uh, I did run down the block and I got ice cream, but that was about all my <laughs> physical activity. All right, so let's talk about the three uh, title fights. Uh, let's start with Amanda Nunez and Jermaine Duranami. Tim, what are your thoughts? Um, tougher battle than I think what you thought it would be and what a lot of people thought it would be. Uh, yes and no. I mean, Nunez really dominated. It was tougher in the fact that she didn't knock her out right away like she did with Cyborg, but she had 
possibly two 10-8 rounds in there, really. Like, it depends on how you judge it. So I think I think definitely one judge gave her a 10-8, probably for the first round. But there were rounds where she was just mauling Jermaine uh, Durand to me. Uh, so I think a really solid performance. And it's really a performance that it's good to see from somebody like Nunez because you see that she can go a full fight and just yep. uh, keep control, keep composure the entire time. She looked great. She I looked mean, great. Durandamine Durand, did have her spots. I mean, so I guess you can say that uh, it was good for her in ways. But, I mean, I don't think you want to be dominated the way she was either, though. She's this isn't she's not a new fighter. Uh, no. She's definitely done some big things in her career. So, tough fight for her, a good fight for Nunez. Yeah, uh, totally agree with your assessment. I mean, Nunez showed that not only is she capable of, you know, fighting into championship rounds, but she showed off her wrestling. And, yeah. uh, you know, GDR, she has no wrestling. And I think that oh, if, yeah. even if she had adequate wrestling, it, it would have been a more competitive fight. But I was still impressed by Jermaine's toughness. Um, you know, this right. is a, a lady who didn't want to fight Cyborg. She could use the excuses for PEDs or whatever, but she didn't want to fight her. Like, she flat out didn't want to fight her. So, yeah. you know, Amanda's pretty intimidating, but focusing on Amanda, yeah. I mean, she's the greatest for a reason. And, you know, she showed she's she's an all-around great fighter to the extent where, you know, now it's like, who does she fight next? And right, I don't know how many right. people are aware, but... Clarissa Shields, who's the, the maybe the greatest women's fighter boxer of all time, uh, was in attendance, met with Dana White the day before. She's interested in fighting Amanda Nunez in both boxing and MMA. So that may happen within the next year because she wants uh, both of them to train properly. So um, that's where we're at. That's how good Amanda Nunez is. Uh, so I'm not super interested in either of those fights. Uh, I'll watch both of them, but it doesn't really do too much for me but i agree with you in the way that we don't know uh what to do with her now she's just really gonna beat anybody that i I mean i would like to see her fight cyborg again but we kind of lost that opportunity oh we didn't kind of it's it's gone i mean you know uh absolutely and she did say she wanted to fight 145 next who that would be i have no idea but it's likely somebody who's gonna have to blow themselves up you know, at 135, come up and fight her who probably isn't ready to fight her. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. So the next championship fight uh, was Alexander Volkanovsky versus oh, Max Holloway. And we saw the reign of Max Holloway end in, you know, what was a very good, very competitive fight. Um, you know, got to give credit to Alexander Volkanovsky. I thought he won Great. the fight. No doubt about it. Fought an excellent, excellent fight. Um, I guess the first question I have is, do you want to see a rematch of that right away? I'll I'll answer it for you super quick. I do not, but I want to hear what you think. Uh, hmm. Probably not right away. I mean, I I would take it. Uh, Sure. But the thing is, uh, that fight was the most surprising, at least out of those three for me. Like, I I thought uh, there was a chance that Usman would be able to end the fight like he did. Uh, especially him instead of Colby. I didn't think there was much of a chance of Colby ending the fight, but I thought if the fight was going to end early that Usman would be one to end it. I didn't expect Max Holloway to get uh, pretty much uh, thoroughly beaten the way he did. I'm not saying that he wasn't in the fight at all, but mm-hmm. I, I think uh, Volkanovski was in control the entire way. Yeah. Like, like, halfway through the fight, you're kind of like, oh, man, what's Max going to do here? He's losing this fight. 
It yeah. just seemed like he couldn't really get off the same way he normally does. Uh, Volkanovski had a really good game plan. Yeah. I'm not really much of a striking guy, so I can't really tell you. I'm not going to pretend like I know exactly what he was doing right. Yeah. But uh, he was definitely making Max fight differently. And he chewed up his legs, uh, which makes that's a lot of right. things hard. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, obviously in MMA, striking is both with your hands and legs, but one could affect the other more so with leg kicks. You know, when you do what Volkanovsky did to Holloway, he forced Max to change uh, stances, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. to turn to turn his leg you know, around so it wasn't getting kicked and it wasn't at the forefront there. So, you know, that affects Max's stand-up in that, you know, he can fight and switch the southpaw sometimes, but but that's not his natural stance. And, and not to mention that those leg kicks hurt. I mean, listen, yeah. as you said, Volkanovsky's game plan was just on point. And, and I was so impressed with, you know, nothing phased him leading into the fight. He was really calm. And if you look back at everything he was saying, he was saying the right things. He was eating up the moment. Apparently, right before he walked out, he was having a conversation with Michael Bisping, Bisping not even about the fight. Like, they were just shooting the you-know-what about just general stuff. And people were like, God, this guy's so calm. He's not even like talking about the fight. So I'm really impressed by the guy. And, um, you know, I don't need to see the rematch right away just because, um, you know, I think Max could use a little bit of a break. And I, and I just want to see some new blood. And um, there's a card coming up in Australia next year. And uh, supposedly, you know, Volkanovski would be targeted for that. And we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, heck of a fight. You got anything else yeah. on that? Uh, yeah, like uh, you were saying, you want to see some new blood. That mm-hmm. is kind of my question about that fight. Uh, coming out of that, who do you really want to see Volkanovski fight, though? If, if you look at yeah. the people that Holloway beat, he yeah. kind of beat people that You're were right. good at the time, but now it's not really people that I would expect to be able to beat either one of them. Like, he beat people like Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo mm-hmm. Lamas, Anthony Pettis, Jose Aldo. Twice. Like I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't really see any of those guys presenting a challenge for Volkanovski. So who do we want him to fight next? And who do you think really, like, Give us him a run for yeah. the title. You know, I've got to be honest with you. I, I didn't really think about that right after the fight because I was thinking more about whether I just wanted to see a rematch. But yeah, you know, you make a, a really valid point because Max essentially cleaned the division out. Yeah, except he's for, been except dominant. For, yeah, so, you know, one interesting thing I think that happened after the fight was Dustin Poirier said, hey, maybe I, I'll drop down. That actually, I, you know, yeah, that's great. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, you know, it's very interesting. But um, so for right now, I would say that no one else is jumping uh, out at me. Um, I don't know. You know, like it, it, a lot of things could happen if Jose Aldo doesn't get this weird title shot coming off a loss, which is being talked about against Henry yeah. Cejudo, then maybe he goes back up to 145. I I don't know, but there there's options. But, you know, I love Max Holloway, but, you know, I, I, I don't, I, it's nice to see a new champ. You know, it's nice to see a new champ. So we'll see what happens there. Um, all right. Now, the main event. Oh, my gosh. What a fight. Yeah. What a fight. And I just want to say right off the bat, regardless of the outcome, regardless of what you think of Colby Covington, I, man, Forget about all the talk. That guy is tough as nails. Um, yeah. I, 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 I just cannot believe we essentially watched a kickboxing fight. Um, not one takedown. Um, not even an uh, attempt. Not an even an attempt. Absolutely crazy. And I think that, you know, the commentary team was right in that 
in retrospect, they probably didn't want to use their energy trying to take down each other because each guy had pretty good takedown defense. But, you yeah. know, I was also impressed by their striking. I mean, just a fantastic fight. And, um, man, I mean, I, we can get into it so much, but what are your initial thoughts? I mean, my uh, initial reaction is, uh, I mean, really, the, just the the power that Usman has, like, to break Colby's jaw with the one shot and then uh, to put him down twice in the fifth round, uh, just really impressive. Uh, Colby's endurance, uh, not as impressive, just in the way that we already expected that. Like, but uh, Colby was... Uh, Super active throughout the fight. Like, I feel like Usman slowed down at points. Uh, Colby Covington didn't really slow down until he was hurt. So that that was impressive to me. And then his striking, Colby Covington's striking, because, again, I mean, it, this kind of feels like I'm taking it away from Usman, but I'm not. I mean, he won the fight. He did great. But yeah. I thought he was the better striker. I, I've seen him demonstrate great striking before, and I thought he had a chance to win the fight via striking. Uh, Colby uh, was a much better striker than I thought. And to see both of those guys just trade, and it was it was a war. It was like yeah. a Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz type stand-up war the whole way. Yeah, uh, it was an interesting fight, and one that uh, was really you're on edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, I mean, really one of the best fights that I think we've seen in some time. And yeah, I, I think you nailed it there. You know, I, I you knew that Colby's uh, motor was going to keep going. Um, I don't know how badly the jaw was broken, but if he said it was broken to a certain extent, I mean, whatever the case was, if that guy's admitting that he felt it, then obviously you believe him. Um, I think, you know, Usman just had a bit more power. Um, and you know, Usman, uh, at times, yeah, he did slow down. Um, but you know, still look great in the end endurance wise. I mean, listen, it's, it's just one of those fights where either fighter could have won it. Um, I'd love That's to see him. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to see him run it back, but yeah. there's a lot of options we could talk about and that are being talked about. Um, I think I just looked at an article as before we recorded this, that Usman's interested in GSP, you know, there's Masvidal. Like, what do you think should happen next? I would rather see him fight Masvidal. I, I like that fight. Uh, yeah. Let, let's watch him fight somebody current. Let's not bring GSP back to fight whoever the top guy is right now. Yeah. I'm not right. really so much a fan of that type of thing. Uh, I want to see those two guys fight again, uh, Colby and Usman. It doesn't have to be right away. No. Maybe give both of them a win first and then mm-hmm. let them fight again. But I think those guys fight three, four times, and it'll be a great fight because that fight, you didn't – at least I didn't. You didn't really have the idea that either guy was necessarily winning. And it, I thought uh, that if one of them was winning, that it was Covington until Usman ended the fight. Uh, yeah. I, I remember the first knockdown uh, in the fifth round. I was like, oh, I think maybe Usman just won the fight with that because it was that close that somebody mm-hmm. had to do something to take the fight away. So when he started dropping him in the last round, I felt like he pretty much had it. And then, then he stopped him, and obviously he won. But, yeah, yeah, it was that close the whole time. Totally agree. And uh, as far as who I'd like to see him fight, I, I, I think the Masvidal fight would be huge. But uh, is, if Masvidal doesn't want to do that fight, uh, I mean, there's so many things that could happen. I mean, you know, I'd like to see Colby go fight. Uh, Tyrone Woodley. That's that's a rivalry fight. Um, I'd like to see Colby fight Masvidal. I, I'd rather see 
Masvidal fight Colby Covington over Nick Diaz. I mean, Nick Diaz is down the line for me, and I sort of wish that would go away. But the reality is Masvidal should really fight Usman next. Um, I mean, hell, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is even saying he wants to fight Masvidal because Ariel Hawani gave Wonderboy Thompson a... a, 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 a NMF belt, a nice MF or belt <laughs> or right, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So he's like, I want to fight the baddest guy. You know, there's just a lot of possibilities. But yes, at some point, definitely want to see these guys go at it again. And uh, man, I mean, definitely got our money's worth with that uh, card, whether it was prelims or the pay-per-view. So my final right, thoughts yeah. are well worth it. We'll love to see some of those guys run it back. And, um, you know, one final thought maybe we could talk about is just the surprise of Jose Aldo. I thought he won the fight. Um, I'd love to see him stay at 135 because I I was totally wrong. How do you feel about that? I I agree. I thought Aldo won. Uh, I don't think it was one of those decisions where it was outrageous. So I was fine with it. It was another really close fight. But to potentially win on your first fight at that weight class where a lot of people were worried about it against one of the top guys in the division. It's, it's yep. a good start. So yeah, I yeah. agree. I'd like to see him there too. Uh, I mean, as far as uh, you said, Woodley and Colby, I think that that's, I'd love to see that fight. That, that's a great fight. I just think we should run this entire card back again. I, I'd, I'd, I'd watch, <laughs> watch the whole thing again. Yeah, uh, it, no, it was great. It was, it was great. It was one of those, you know, classic, uh, you know, evenings into late morning that you go, man, yeah. that was totally worth paying what I did. And and everything lived up to the hype. You know, one of those magical yeah. nights in, in the UFC. One, so, one thing, yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. No. One thing about it, though, is uh, it kind of changes Max Holloway and Colby Covington. Like, they're not going to be the same guys after this event. Like, because their uh, invincibility was part of their uh, mystique and part of Colby's character. Like, now that Usman beat him, Colby Covington is not the same guy. And Max Holloway was just the guy that owned that division for a while. The only guy he lost to, he went up a weight class to fight Dustin Poirier, and Poirier was just Mm -hmm. too big. Watching Holloway be beaten soundly uh, like he was, Max Holloway is not the same guy now. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point on both fighters, but I think that the point is stronger for Colby. Max is a guy who, you know, I think will absolutely bounce back. And I and he has said it himself. There's going to be a day where he may even fight as as heavy as 185 because of his frame. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's the future is is there for Holloway to bounce back and legendary status at a different weight class. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think you nailed it with with Colby. You know, when you think about the way he lost getting his jaw broken. It's literally wired shut or whatever happens with jaws. And for a guy who was, you know, part of his persona made up is he talks so much smack. I mean, it, 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 he so hated that Rosie O'Donnell tweeted about the fight and said best fight ever. So yeah, you're right. Like, you know, when a bad guy loses, it's almost like that pro wrestling mentality where you're like, all right, the bad guy lost, where does he go now? Because it's it's a it's it's a tired gimmick. But 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 he still has a couple of rivals to fight. If, right. if he fights Masvidal, that's insanity. I mean, they used to live together. All that ATT drama, and I think Woodley 
would, you know, is another fight that would bring, you know, the Colby character right back. So, you know, it, 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 it zaps it for a while, but I, I do think he's got a couple fights that will, uh, bring it right back and, and, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll be hating him again, you know, relatively <laughs> soon. That's all I got for two forty five Cause we could go on yeah. for hours. You got anything yeah. else? No, I think, I think that's good enough. We, we talked for a bit about it, but yeah, we could do a whole show on it. We could, but let's talk about this card. Let's talk about <laughs> an even better card. Uh, Friday yeah. night, <laughs> Busan, South Korea. Uh, not, not a card that's going to get a lot of people excited, but uh, as always, when you dig into it, uh, it gives you some stuff to get excited about, which is what we do. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll break it down for you guys now. All right, so these names are going to be a little tough. Uh, but the first fight on the main card, we have Kyung Ho Kang versus Ping Wang Lu. Uh, Kang is a minus 250 favorite. Uh, the two stats that set this fight uh, apart well, I mean, not the, the two stats that make this fight a clear pick to me, I should say, are strikes absorbed and takedowns. Uh, Kang only absorbed 2.55 strikes per minute compared to Liu absorbing 3.55. Uh, Kang averages 2.46 takedowns per three rounds. Uh, and to make that worse, Liu only defends at a 55% rate. So I think uh, Kang also has a lot of UFC experience. He's coming off of a win over Brandon Davis, which isn't bad. Uh, He landed three takedowns in that fight. He has 11 wins in his career by submission. I think there's a good chance he can get Lou down and uh, submit him in this fight. So I'm going to pick Kyung Hong Kang. Who do you got? Uh, Yeah, I I completely agree with with you. That's my pick as well. Uh, my quick uh, synopsis of this is basically what you said. Kang is a really good grappler. He's got that UFC experience, and he's uh, fighting his Chinese opponent on his home turf, essentially. Uh, there's a reason why this fight's kicking off the main card. They want the, you know, the hometown guy to, to win, get the crowd going. I don't care what the UFC brass says. They always want these certain guys to win when you're fighting in a country like, you know, South Korea and you got a hometown guy or home country guy kicking off the card. So yeah, I agree with you. Kang will win this fight basically for the same reasons that you mentioned. The next fight we have, uh, Jung, oh, let me get this name right. Jung Young Park versus Mark Andre Berriolt. Uh, Berriolt is a slight 130 favorite. Berriolt's a familiar name to a lot of people listening to this show. Uh, he came from the Canadian regional scene, but he faced uh, stiff competition in two fights in the UFC, losing to Andrew Sanchez and Christoph Jocko. Uh, now he gets uh, seemingly an easier test against Jung Young Park. Uh, how do you see this going, Lee? Yeah, well, the first thing I want to hit on is that Park's nickname is the Iron Turtle and uh, <laughs> and Berriolt's is... Uh, power bar I I got like right away two of the most least intimidating nicknames ever (laughs) the iron turtle I mean unbelievable so there's that Barry Alt has lost all three of his fights by decision Uh, Park lost his only UFC fight via submission so someone's obviously looking for a W here Um, so naturally I think this is going to be a draw no I'm just kidding Um, (laughs) but 
Park is 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 really active, is you know, like insanely active in the striking department. He's got over eight significant strikes per minute average to Barry Alt's three point six. Um, Barry Alt's won eight of his eleven fights via knockout. Doesn't have any submissions. Uh, Park has been submitted twice, but I don't think it's going to happen here. And he's not been knocked out. Um, Park has five wins by you know stoppage, TKO, KO, and three submissions, but. I just think that Burial has got the edge here. Um, you know, like you said, I, I thought your point in terms of his experience and tougher, maybe strength of schedule is going to come into play. Uh, I think he comes into South Korea and, and gets the, the W here over Park. Yeah, cool. Uh, so some of you guys might remember Park from his uh, debut at UFC Shenzhen. Uh, that was in August. He lost a wild fight to uh, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. It was by Anaconda Choke in the second round. It's snakes out there this big. Uh, I was heavily invested in Park uh, on that fight on DraftKings. It, it was a crazy fight to watch, especially betting on it. Uh, it was really wild. It was uh, back and forth. Uh, Park was landing tons of strikes. Uh, I think he hurt Hernandez a couple of times, yeah. but it was like very sloppy, like reversals, that type of stuff. Uh, this fight could be as crazy because they both like to strike. Uh, and that's one of the benefits. I don't think he's in danger of another anaconda choke here. It snakes out there this big. Burial, like I said, and you agreed with, did face like, or has faced so far a very tough uh few fights in his uh short time in the ufc so i do want to give him a little bit of a benefit of doubt but he doesn't do much for me either he doesn't land a ton uh he doesn't wrestle that much uh park is wild but he landed 81 strikes in that debut fight and that was only uh not even two rounds so that's a lot of strikes that's a lot of work uh, he caught Hernandez a few times, from what I recall. I This fight is a one that I find it hard to really depend on either guy. Uh, so I'm with that, I'm going to take the upside of John Young Park. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be my pick. Gotcha. All right. Uh, okay. We have Daun Jung versus Mike Rodriguez. Uh, slow Mike Rodriguez. This fight is just about even money. Uh, mm-hmm. This uh, Jung is another fighter who debuted at UFC Sentin. Uh, and another fighter that I was on the wrong side of in terms of betting. Uh, he got caught. Uh, or he caught Cadiz uh, uh, Ibrahimov in a standing guillotine. We last saw Slow Mike Rodriguez in June. Uh, he was beaten by John Allen Arte. He was taken down several times, uh, somewhat dominated, but the decision loss was overturned because Arte tested positive. Uh, It was the second time, though, in his UFC career that Mike Rodriguez was kind of uh, controlled by takedowns. So he hasn't showed a lot of uh, potential in being able to stop wrestling. He's shown explosive knockout power. Uh, but I don't like to bet on fighters that only look for a knockout. And Rodriguez hasn't really shown much else. He's never won a decision in his whole career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though he's trained by Joe Lozon, he only has two submission wins. And they're both on the regional scene. Uh, 
So I just feel a little bit better about Jung's game. Uh, though I'm not sold he's a great wrestler. I am sold that uh, Rodriguez is a bad defensive wrestler. So uh, give me Jung in this fight. What do you got? Yeah, I got Jung too. You know, I, and my quick breakdown, because I thought your breakdown was excellent. Um, you know, both guys have a combined 17 knockouts. They can bang. And, and, and those 17 knockouts are essentially split pretty evenly. Um, Jung lands almost seven significant strikes per minute. He absorbs over seven per minute. Uh, yeah. Rodriguez, Rodriguez doesn't throw as much. He also doesn't get hit as much. Um, but I expect a brawl. And I think everything else you said uh, makes total sense. But I, I do expect a, a brawl, maybe even a quick fight, to be honest with you. But I've got Zhang winning at home as well. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to the next one. Uh, this could be a good one. We have Duhu Choi versus Charles Jordan. Uh, Choi is a minus 278 favorite. Jordan coming down to featherweight after just one fight at lightweight. Uh, he lost the decision to Desmond Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was taken down a lot, and he only landed 55 strikes. Yeah, now he's at featherweight uh, versus a Korean favorite and the Korean Superboy, Choi. Of course, Choi has that famous fight against Cub Swanson. If you guys have not seen that fight, you should probably watch that and come back to this later. It's yeah. a great fight. Uh, but he's only fought once since then, and he was stopped by Jeremy Stevens, and that was almost a year ago. Uh, how do you see this decent-sounding fight, Lee? Yeah, uh, this is where the card gets you know picks up a little bit. Uh, Troy yeah. l- lands more strikes. Uh, he's a more accurate striker. Uh, he does absorb a lot of punches, but so does Jordan. Um, you know, I honestly think that this is a fight that's custom made for Troy to win on his yeah. home turf, uh, even if he's lost two fights in a row. Um, you know, again, it, it, they don't talk about it a lot, but I, I, the they being the UFC, but when they travel to these locations, you know, like South Korea and China, it, it's as much a showcase for that fan base that they're trying to build as it is for, you know, people like us to just watch another card. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's what I call more of like a business trip to where a card like 245, you know, that's like a whole different ball game. But this is a business trip to South Korea. They're still trying to like get in that market. So they, they really want these hometown guys to win, continue to build a fan base there. And Choi's just another guy who I think is going to win this fight um, and, you know, beat, beat Jordan. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. It uh, feels like it's probably a fight that Choi is set up to win. Uh, he, he needs a win here, and especially in front of uh, the people of Korea, it would be good for the UFC. Uh, yeah. So I like his chances in this fight. He's uh, proven himself against UFC-level fighters uh, a lot more than Jordan has. I think he should be able to outstrike Jordan here, and I think he'll get the win. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where there's the anticipation of a highly popular uh, popular fighter making his return after a long time. So, of course, they want to cap it off by giving him a guy that he should beat. So, that's what will yeah. happen. Yeah. Okay, so then we have the uh, co-main event of the evening. It's Volkan Ozdemir versus Alexander Ratchich. Uh Ratchich is a minus 155 favorite. 
It's uh, the only fight on the main card not featuring a Korean fighter, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not a bad matchup. Uh, Rajic yeah. is yet to lose in the UFC, uh, whereas Ozdemir came into the UFC hot, winning his first three, but then uh, dropping his next three after he stepped up in competition, losing to people like Daniel Cormier. Uh, then he finally got another win just this past August against Alir Latifi. So you can kind of say the story of this fight is which side of the division is uh, Ratchet on? Is he on the side that Ozemir beats, or is he on the side that Ozemir has had trouble with? Uh, mm. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I this this is a maybe the toughest. Uh, fight on the card to pick, including the main event for me. You know, because Ratchet is on the rise, and and Volkan, he's had his title shot. Um, he's got a re- very good strength of schedule. Obviously, both have something in common. They both KO Jimmy Manoa. Mm-hmm. Um, Ratchet, you know, like I said, doesn't have the strength of schedule that that Volkan does, but. I think there's a lot of people who consider him to be the favorite because he is the up and comer uh, and a future contender. Um, Vulcan absorbs over twice the amount of strikes that Ratchet does. Uh, 3.93 significant strikes to 1.63 per minute. Um, I got to tell you, I'm going to go with Ratchet here to get his fifth straight UFC win and third stoppage in a row. Um, I I, I obviously would not be surprised if Vulcan wins this fight and reminds people that he is a legit uh, contender still at light heavyweight, but my gut, my instinct says Ratchet will, uh, you know, jump up a notch here or a few notches by beating Vulcan. Yeah. Uh, so when Ratchet fought Justin Ledet, he landed 104 strikes over just three rounds and three takedowns. I love those numbers. Uh, that's numbers that you won't see too much over just three rounds. Uh, and, especially in the uh, late heavyweight division. Uh, 5.25 strikes per minute is a pretty high rate for somebody of that size. Uh, Osamir has rarely been outstruck by his opponents, but someone that can land 104 strikes in three rounds, I think has a really good shot at outstriking uh, Vulcan Osamir. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say that Ratchet is probably on the side of the division that Osamir loses to. And mm-hmm. I'm going to pick uh, Ratchet in this fight. All right. All right. So that brings us to the main event of the evening. And we have Frankie Edgar coming in on late notice uh, mm-hmm. to fight the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung. Uh, Jung is a minus 177 favorite. This was supposed to be Brian Ortega fighting Zombie. Uh, Ortega pulled out uh, just a few weeks ago. Edgar stepped in. Edgar actually bailed on a fight against Corey Sanhagen that was coming yep. up. Uh, Sanhagen's not too happy about that, but that's a, that's another story. Yep. Uh, this is the second time this year we'll see the Korean Zombie fight. He knocked out Renato Moicano uh, very quickly in June. Now he fights in Korea, where he will have tons of support. Uh, this is also the second time this year we've seen Frankie Edgar. He last fought in July uh, for the title when he struggled to take down Max Holloway, and he couldn't do enough damage on the feet. Uh, Edgar has been in the UFC since 2007. 
He's fought some of the best competition that UFC has to offer. Uh, but he might be behind in volume to the younger Chan Sung Jung. Uh, how do you see the main event, Lee? Yeah. Um, look, we have to remember, I think a, a, a key thing to remember here when breaking down this fight is that we're not breaking down this fight or this fight, I should say, is not taking place under normal circumstances because of the fact that, one, Frankie's replacing... Uh, he's a replacement at such late notice. And two, they have to take into account that the travel, you know, is significant here as well. So it's a quick turnaround. And I think because of that, uh, my prediction is that Frankie's side of the fight is actually very predictable. I think, obviously, the bad, bad mistake he can make is deciding to go toe-to-toe with a Korean zombie. He's not going to do that. He's going to do what he does with a lot of fights, where he's going to use his movement, his footwork, to try and pick his spots uh, in the striking department. And even then, I think he's got to be ultra-careful because, you know, the longer he stays in the pocket against this guy, the closer he can get to getting knocked out. Um, Korean zombie has a big reach advantage. It's going to be interesting to see if he can use that to catch Frankie. Um, who's gotten a bit easier with age to touch, uh, but it's still not easy, uh, even as the guy gets closer to 40. Um, you know, he still has good foot movement. He's very, very smart, very cerebral. Um, I wonder, is Frankie going to, you know, go for a takedown here? That's that's also a dangerous thing for him in this fight, I believe. And I'm looking forward to what you have to say about that. Uh, Frankie's striking defense is super solid. I think a lot of that... It is attributed to his footwork. Doesn't stay in place for that long, you know, circles a lot. Uh, he only absorbs 2.39 significant strikes per minute. Korean Zombie only connects on 39% of his strikes, which is the same as Frankie, but the difference, as you and I know, big power difference. So that 39% yeah. for a Korean Zombie is much different than Frankie. Um, so, you know, I think Frankie can get caught but I think he's going to fight cautiously and it's not going to be a crowd pleaser, uh, at least for the home crowd. I think Frankie's going to etch out a decision here, but what do you think, especially about the wrestling? I'm curious to hear if you think that'll be a come into play grappling wrestling. Yeah. I think the wrestling, if, uh, if Frankie does go for takedowns, which I think he probably will, it Mm -hmm. will be something like the Max Holloway fight where we saw Frank Yeager only take Max down one time on 15 attempts. Uh, Not very successful. Uh, Korean Zombie defends at a 75% rate. Uh, He didn't allow Dennis Bermudez or Yair Rodriguez to take him down. Uh, Frank Yeager, his takedowns are looking a little more outdated as he gets older. Uh, I mean, he's like 38 years old right now. It's a lot different than he was a few years ago. I just don't think he's the same guy uh, that he used to be. He only has two takedowns in his last four fights uh, combined, like one Mm -hmm. takedown in two different fights. Uh, So I don't know if his wrestling is something he can rely on anymore, especially against somebody who defends it well, uh, as Zombie does. Uh, And then his striking, which uh, you're kind of – you're kind of right about that. Like, uh, you know striking more than I do, so it's not surprising. Uh, he has good boxing, and like you said, he doesn't necessarily have the power. Uh, he has gone to the decision, and over 50% of his uh, wins 
So he doesn't finish a ton of his fights, and I don't think he will. Uh, we shouldn't expect him to finish somebody as durable as the Korean Zombie. Oh, no way. No way. Yeah. And I, I don't expect he'll have the volume advantage either as Zombie lands uh, 4.25 per minute, whereas Frankie lands 3.6. Uh, I mean, everything just kind of points to Korean Zombie being able to win this fight. He's mm-hmm. fighting at home, more or less. Uh, he should be really up for this fight. And it's, it feels like one he should be able to win. Uh, unfortunately for Frankie Edgar, but maybe he'll surprise us, though. But I think it, he feels like he's on the downside of his career now. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not going to change my pick, but one thing I wanted to bring up, because you sort of started to make – you reminded me of this. Yeah. is I, I didn't hit on it, but, I, you know, maybe I'm not taking into account enough that the Korean Zombie – I was all about Frankie sort of setting the pace, but it's very possible the Korean Zombie could – push Frankie out of his element because he loves to just press and press and press and force the issue. And he might, you know, make Frankie feel uncomfortable and force him into a brawl. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to watch. And it's a great matchup. It really is. Yeah, it's an interesting Um, matchup, yeah. You know, it it could be more dangerous for Frankie Edgar taking this fight than against Corey Sanhagen, actually. It's an interesting decision that he made. All right. So with that, uh, we'll wrap up the breakdown uh, for – UFC Fight Night Busan, uh, and that'll do it for this episode. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to have one. Well, no, we're definitely not going to have one before Christmas. So uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate, yes. everybody. Uh, I'm considering trying to do a show for the PFL New Year's show. Uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, Lee, you're going to be out of town, right? I will be out of town December 27th uh, through January 2nd. Yeah. In the great city of Cincinnati, home of Rich Franklin. <laughs> uh, so I'll either be doing that, if I do it, uh, on my own. I'll just do some quick picks. Or maybe I can enlist somebody to uh, fill in real quick for Lee. But uh, we'll be back, at least whenever the UFC is back. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when that is yet. It looks like they might have three weeks off or so. But 246 for sure. That's, that's a good card, and we'll be here for that one. Yeah. But uh, so thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.